A few weeks ago, we heard from Elijah, who found the Lord in a tiny whispering sound. Have you been listening for the Lord? Have you heard him calling you closer? Did you act on that call? Or do you want to wait a little longer? Today our responsorial psalm tells us, if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. All of the readings this week call us to focus on a conversion of our hearts. To go past simply following the letter of the law to truly loving one another, even when it's difficult to do so. We're reminded today we belong to a church which is a community of brothers and sisters in Christ. This means that being Christian is not a private affair, although that's the way some people behave. The entire 18th chapter of Matthew addresses relationships within the Christian community and especially what to do when divisions arise. We're a community of sinners trying to be saints and we encounter many difficulties on the way. In today's passage, we're presented with a three-stage procedure for dealing with a person who has done something wrong. The first stage is for the people to solve the issue among themselves. If it works out, you've won over your brother or sister. If it doesn't, that's when it gets difficult for both parties. For it's not enough that they merely stop their offensive behaviors. There also needs to be a sincere change of attitude and an honest resolution with the offending person. This resolution must come through the love of Jesus for the other person. Love your neighbor as yourself. Hear his voice. Harden not your hearts. It's easy to think that being Catholic means being concerned about my relationship with God that my duty is to save my soul. But in fact, the only way to save my soul is by becoming a truly loving and caring person as part of a loving and caring community of people united in Christ. But sometimes that's hard. And often that caring may require us to change our mind and our heart, to make a sacrifice of ourselves Sometimes we need to get out of our comfort zone, bringing our brother or sister face to face with the loving demands of the gospel. It is times like this when we may get a glimpse of what Jesus might have felt on his very difficult climb of Calvary and onto the cross. He knew that out of his actions would come great joy where we become one with him in sacrificing ourselves as he sacrificed himself. In a few minutes after the gifts are brought to the altar, Father will say the words, Pray, friends, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. And all of us will reply, May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for the good, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Now, I'm not going to bring this portable mic down and put anybody on the spot. But what's your sacrifice? What do you bring to this altar every time you come to Mass? The church calls each of us 
to full, active, and conscious participation in the Mass. Father John often says, this is not a spectator sport. If you think it is, you're missing a lot. As a catechist, I would suggest to my students to put something in the offering basket every time it came to them. They'd reply, we don't have any money. <laughs> it's not about money. So I'd ask them to recall a struggle they're dealing with or something they're thankful for, that they place their hand in the basket and offer that struggle to participate in the sacrifice. In our communion hymn today, we'll sing, the gifts we have are given to share. How do you share your gifts? I must say that on days when the offering comes up, and I don't quickly hand the basket to the server. I'm dumping my share of struggles into the basket before it's placed by the altar. You may also be asking yourself if there's other ways you can participate in the Mass. Well, that's great because as you came into church today, you were given a slip of paper to offer your help during our parish liturgies. In the past, we conducted a time and talent survey that encompassed all the activities across the pastorate, and that's a huge undertaking. So since liturgy and parish life are different, we're splitting them up. Both are important. The sign-up for parish life will be in October, so stay tuned. If you're tech-savvy, there's a QR code to sign up online, or there are pencils in the pews. Father John will talk about this a little more after communion. But as we talk about liturgical ministries, I feel I need to talk about the person in each parish who manages these activities. Our liturgical coordinators are volunteers who offer their time for our parish. There's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes in these five parishes. Linda Williams is the liturgy coordinator here at St. Mark and Carol Steger is at St. Patrick in Colesburg. Our liturgy coordinators are the communication hub between the pastorate and your parish. They coordinate ministers for every liturgy in the parish, weddings, funerals, sacraments, faith formation events, daily mass, and weekend liturgies. They communicate schedule changes due to weather, illness, and funerals. They chair the liturgy committee and coordinate the trainers for all sacristans, servers, readers, extraordinary ministers of communion, gift bearers, visits to the homebound, hospitality, art and environment, in addition to their own sacrifice and worship. Father John has a page of email groups, and I think the liturgy coordinators are on almost every list but they can't run these activities by themselves. They need your help. So if you're on the list to help your liturgy committee to serve your parish, thank you. If you're not, listen for his voice. Harden not your heart and sign up to help. <laughs>